Welcome to The Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. So this is following on from our talk about microcytic anemia. Now we're going to cover macrocytic anemia. And we'll probably touch on normocytic anemia as well. Mm-hmm. How does that sound, Andy? Sounds good. Just a very quick recap. So what, like, what is anemia, right? So it's a low yeah. red blood cell uh, mass and we use hemoglobin levels to look at it. One way to classify it is to look at the red blood cell size, and a large red blood cell would be called a macrocytic anemia, whereas if the red blood cells are normal, then it's normocytic. Normocytic, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if it's low, it's microcytic. So in terms of, because our topic of conversation today is macrocytic, yep. let's talk about, let's focus on that. So macrocytic anemia is defined as a mean cell volume of greater than 100. And there's a couple of causes of that, but it broadly comes down to two key features that you might come to expect. Do you want to tell us what those two features are? So I think you're talking about whether if... It's a megaloblastic or yeah. a non-megaloblastic. Yeah, anemia, exactly. Is it? So if it's a megaloblastic anemia, there would be a large... The red blood cells would be large. Mm-hmm. And you will also see that the neutrophils are affected as well, which they will become hypersegmented. Mm-hmm. Whereas with a non-megaloblastic, the you still have large red blood cells, but the neutrophils are completely fine. Exactly. Yeah. And it comes down to the cause, but what exactly Yeah, is it? I mean, I've, I've always been intrigued by about why it's called blastic, you know, okay. why is it called blastic? And the name kind of gives it away. So yep. when it's when we talk about megaloblastic anemia, it's uh, an anemia that is predominantly affecting um, the development of the blasts. So it's related to issues with DNA synthesis, which, and keep this in mind, guys, this is going to be an important point because we're going to talk about this in a second. Yep. Um, so it's affecting DNA synthesis. Whereas if it's non-megaloblastic, then it's not affecting the precursors. So it's probably um, mainly related to uh, membrane, the membrane of red blood cells once they're produced. Oh, okay. um, so blastic means that it's affecting the development okay. somewhere along the track. And keep that in mind once we start talking about some of the causes of macrocytic anemia. All right. Well, should we talk about what could go why, wrong? Yeah. Actually, before we talk, you know, why are those cells large? In the case of megaloblastic, I think. So you mentioned before that megaloblastic anemias were, were caused because of there's this problem with the DNA synthesis. Yes. And so what happens with a red blood cell when replicating is that it will go from its precursor and it will keep on dividing and dividing and dividing. So each time it divides, it shrinks, it makes it a bit smaller mm. and it evolves a little bit. Uh, so eventually it's going to divide to the point where it becomes a perfect erythrocyte. But in this case, there's something wrong with the DNA synthesis, so it doesn't divide as many times. And or so the availability of those precursors. And we'll talk about why they're yeah. not as available um, in, oh, yeah. in this podcast. Mm. So if it's not available, then the cells can't they, replicate to their normal size, so they exactly. have to restrict how much. So they stop probably like a step or two above yep. their usual size, and so they, they're actually larger than usual. Yeah, in yeah. order to maintain those precursors for some of the hemoglobin functions mm. um, but obviously those cells are not as fully functional because mm. they don't have they haven't reached full maturity uh, actually sorry before i go on so we mentioned that it, it happens to the precursors and so obviously with megaloblastic the precursors can lead down to the neutrophil pathway and so that's why i to think an extent yeah. it, the neutrophils are affected a little bit and so yeah. One key term is if you see anywhere on an exam saying a hypersegmented neutrophil, then I, I would kind of associate yeah. it with something like this. It could be associated with that. One but actually, well, let's talk about segmented as yeah. well, because that's a little bit confusing. So a hypersegmented means 
What Normally, your your nutrifuls would would have lots of segments, right? We'll have around three segments in the inside. Then yes, right. Hypersegmented means that you have more than five segments. So okay. instead of three, you have five or greater than five. Yep. Um, so you can actually count the tiny little things in the nutrifuls, and if they've got more than five, then they're hypersegmented. Okay. It's yep. just a bit of a nomadic issue to to clarify. Okay. Yep. By the way, guys, if you hear booms and stuff in the background, we've got thunder and lightning going over um, over Canberra, so it's don't be too distracted. We're we're all safe and sound inside. <laughs> Yeah, adds to the feeling of this whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It gives to the mood and the ambiance. Um, all right. So let's go back and, and talk about some of the causes of macrocytic anemia. Why is B12 and folate so important? Okay, B12 and folate are very crucial in the pathway of adequately creating some like a, in in DNA synthesis mm-hmm. essentially. And so just to dumb it down to the very basics because if yeah. if we're actually going into detail I, you're pushing my limits as well in terms of biochemistry. Uh, there is a chain of reactions that are required for a good DNA synthesis mm-hmm. to happen. And yes. so we it starts off with folate. Mm-hmm. Um folate comes into the body and it becomes tetrahydrofolate and that's where the story begins. Tetrahydrofolate gets methylated, and in order for the tetrahydrofolate to actually work and help DNA synthesis, it needs to give away this methyl group. The methyl group gets passed on to B12, and then B12 then passes on this methyl group to another thing called homocysteine. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so I'm just gonna. It can, we can go into a lot more detail, and if you actually look up a chart, it's a lot more complicated than that. But I think just for Simplicity second, re- realizing why folate and B12 are important is that folate gets a methyl group, passes it on to B12, and B12 has to pass it on to something else. And if you lose either of them, or if let's say if you don't have B12, then I think B12 is probably more important. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and mm. because it's yeah. linked to two pathways, whereas folate is just one pathway. True. Um, but so if you have problems with either of them, then you're going to have. Uh, that you're going to impair your DNA synthesis. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's yeah, really well said. So folate and B12s are important, and I've got another. New, I love uh, a good mnemonic, oh, and another me, one that I like is the A B C D E F of macrocytic anemia. Oh, a, another alphabet. It's so good. Okay, go A on. stands for alcoholism. So okay. if you're a chronic alcohol uh, in, in intake, then yep. it can cause macrocytic anemia. Yep. You can have B12 deficiencies. So B is for B12. Yep. C for um, compensatory um, reticulocytosis. So that's when you're pumping through lots of reticulocytes, and unfortunately, they don't have time to mature. So this is going to be a little bit larger than normal. So they're normal. big. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're going to have some drugs. So that's mainly your anti-folate drugs. So methotrexate is an example of an anti-folate that, yep. if you give it chronically and without adequate supplementation, you can develop a macrocytic picture that would affect DNA synthesis and once yep. again lead to macrocytic. Exactly. Okay. Go on. Yep. Yes, for endocrine, and that probably applies for lots of things. But hypothyroidism may potentially cause that as well. Yep. And lastly, F for folate. So folate deficiency can cause cause you to develop macrocytic anemia, which we talked about. Surprise, surprise. Should we talk about B12 first? Because that's, I guess, the really core essence of macrocytic anemia. We have to start somewhere. So tell me about, firstly, how B12 gets absorbed. By the way, this is covered in a gastro talks, if I'm not mistaken, um, under our gastro um, physiology episodes. But yeah, let's just have a quick refresher. B12 is when we eat B12, it gets bound to this carrier protein, Mm -hmm. goes down to the stomach, and then... In the stomach, there's this thing called an intrinsic factor get, that gets released. Yes. Intrinsic factor gets released from prior cells, right? Yeah. Yep. So once it gets passed into the duodenum, mm-hmm. I believe that the B12 gets released from the previous carrier that it was bound to and now gets hit, hatched onto um, intrinsic factor. Yes. Then intrinsic factor with this new B12 will get 
absorbed into the body at the terminal ileum. Exactly right. And yeah. so if you don't have intrinsic factor, then you don't have uh, B12 absorption. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I mean, that pretty much puts it in a, you know, in a nutshell. Yeah. What are some of the causes of B12 deficiency? So we know, you know, yep. why what's important for absorption, but what causes deficiencies in general? I'm assuming diet's probably important. Exactly. So like if you don't eat B12, you're not going to get yeah. uh, you're going to be low in B12. But I think that doesn't happen to everyone because you B12 is in everything. Let's say if you're a vegetarian and you don't eat meat, which is where a lot of B12 is from, it's actually in um, eggs as well. So yeah. you're not going to get it. So you have to be a strict vegan mm -hmm. to be more likely um presenting with a B12 deficiency. But actually, also, would you become B12 deficient if you only just go on a, a strict vegan diet for three months? It's not right. right? It's like, no, there's not a really, huge there's storage. A, there's a, yeah, there's a um, three to four year storage. So you have to be re and it's stored in the letter. So you have to be four really, years. your intake must be really low if you don't get... So a um, long time. Yeah, long time. Yep. And also if your demand increases, so if you're pregnant and your intake doesn't match your um, oh. requirements and you can become deficient. Yeah. But there's gastric causes as well. So if where, you know, we mentioned if you lose your parietal cells and there's a, there's a condition in which that happens, then okay. you can't produce intrinsic factors. Yep. Um, there's absorption issues as well, aside from the intrinsic factors. So what conditions, and, and it can cause malabsorption, let's say B12, yep. in conjunction to other things. So if you have a decrease in your pancreatic enzymes, if you've got Crohn's disease, which damages the ileum where, mm -hmm. um, where, where B12 is absorbed, or if you've got celiac disease where the, the small intestine is, is affected and the absorption is decreased. So they can to also, some extent, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you must have really severe celiac because it has to all the way. It's, it's, it's more on the proximal end, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so beginning. it doesn't really affect it too much. Okay. But yep. yeah, I mean, and the reason pancreas, you might be thinking, you know, why is pancreas important? Pancreas produces those, you know, proteases which digest the initial, the first carrier. Oh, which yes. occurs, that carrier binds to B12 in the mouth yep. and it travels through the stomach and all the way into the duodenum and then pancreatic enzymes digest that carrier and enables intrinsic factors to then bind to B12. Okay. So that's it, why it's important. Interesting. And there's, you know, uh, genetic factors as well. So trans, um, transcobalamin uh, 2 deficiency and, you know, I haven't really come across it too much, but mm. um, so there's lots of causes. There's absorption, there's gastric causes, and there's dietary factors as well. You know, diet's probably the most common cause. Can you tell me the name of the condition that causes loss of intrinsic factor? Yep. What's that called? So it's called pernicious anemia, and it's linked with a, um, a decrease in vitamin B12 absorption. But it's very important to not get pernicious anemia mixed up with megaloblastic anemia. Mm. Although they both do involve B12, they have, a, I would say, pernicious anemia can eventually lead to megaloblastic red blood cells. Yeah, eventually. Yeah? Yeah. What exactly was the cause of the, um, the loss of uh, B12 again? I think it's just autoantibodies against yep. the parietal cells. So they cause a reduction in hydrochloric acid secretion and intrinsic factors, which okay. are the two things that are produced by um, parietal so cells. Two important things that are produced. Once again, no intrinsic factor means no absorption of B12. Yeah, distal or the terminal ileum. So then you, if you need to treat it, then you have to supplement it with injections of B12 because oral B12 is not going to work, obviously, because oh, got it. you yeah. don't have intrinsic factors. Interesting. What are some of the clinical features? Is there a particular type of feature that is so unique to B12 and that you know it's really if there's anything that you want to take away from this it's this you're talking about the neurological yeah process? yeah whoa whoa that's allowed okay so remember neurological is very important <laughs> as as uh as proven by the lightning and yes. thunder yeah okay so 
Okay, so where were we? Okay, so neurological causes. But why why exactly does, let's say, a deficiency in B12 cause a neurological condition out of everything? Yeah, and it's very unique to B12. Folate deficiency doesn't do that. Okay, why? Um, it's because I think there's a um, metabolite involved in the pathway where okay. B12 plays a role. So uh, methylmalonic acid is, is a metabolite that is in the presence of B12 converted to succinyl coy which is in the um, citric acid cycle yeah and if there's no b12 you're going to get a buildup of methylmalonic acid and that can cause high concentrations can deposit in the nerves and can cause neuronal damage oh. and as a consequence you start developing some um, neurological symptoms so what neurological symptoms in specific oh uh, maybe you can go through that so can okay. you yeah, yeah there's a few features that you need to mm. be mindful of one thing that i remembered was there's a cerebral cause so the obviously this the um the brain is made up of neurons so we're going to have if you have neurotoxicity then you can get symptoms such as confusion mm. delirium yeah. um dementia possibly but with adequate b12 therapy that can all re be reversible um to a point i think what's established then you can't really okay. reverse but yeah if it's sure. early stages yeah i'm sure you can okay and then i think there are some problems with the spinal cord development as well that can cause irreversible damage to it was that correct? Or? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you can get, you know, those deposits can also happen in the, you know, the posterior columns or in the pyramidal tracts, which are further up. And as yep. a consequence, you're going to have in it, you know, problems with movements. You're going to have um, spasms, weakness, you know, sensations and, and touch might be affected as well. Yep. And you're going to get peripheral neuropathy if it's occurring more peripherally. So is it like a tingling feeling in the limbs? Yeah, it? yeah. And just progressive loss of sensation yep. as a result of the neuropathy. If you suspect B12, deficiency how do you go about diagnosing it look at the reticulocyte count yeah and do a um a full blood count and have a look at it right yeah exactly so what should i find on it well obviously you're expecting you anemia know, uh, a large mean cell volume greater than oh, yeah? 100 that's probably where you would that's where the suspicions are raised yeah then um in the context of an anemia and then you probably start looking for specific stuff so you look at b12 serum b12 serum folate as well because remember okay. folate and b12 can both cause megaloblastic. Um, megaloblastic and so you need to differentiate which is the cause is it b12 is it both or is it what you know folate so then yeah you can look at serum b12 mm -hmm. um you can also look at the blood film, so you get, you know, you can look at oval macrocytes, or as we mentioned, hypersegmented neutrophils are another sign as well. Specific for mac macro, sorry, megaloblastic. Megaloblastic. Remember, it's affecting the blast, so it's affecting those sort of precursors as yep. well. Yeah. Um, bone marrow biopsy is not typically done, but you might you might expect it is um, hypercellularity because your turnover, you know, those megaloblastic cells yep. have a reduced cell life so you're going to have increased cell turnover okay so as a consequence you're going to have yep. lots more cells in the bone marrow anything else i think eventually with with these non-perfect red blood cells they can burst and die a bit earlier so that can possibly raise the bilirubin levels yep. and ldh which is pretty non-specific but lactic dehydrogenase that's right lactic yeah. dehydrogenase isn't it um so that's about it in terms of investigation and management obviously is with changes to your diet and also supplementation uh, or you know injections if you have pernicious anemia yeah let's finish off the talk by just glancing over um folate deficiency yeah so tell me about the stores do can we store folate yes you can store folate and with folate you use a normal healthy person would have about three to six months worth of folate stored in the liver yeah compared to three to four years years worth of um, b12 so it's more likely if 
a person's not eating right, that their folate will run out first rather mm -hmm. than the B12 to run out, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's absorbed in the jejunum, so so slightly earlier in the small intestine mm -hmm. rather uh, compared to B12. Yeah. What else should I talk about? I think that that's about it. So it again presents with, um, you know, megaloblastic anemia. One thing you need to notice is that if someone has got B12 deficiency, supplementing them with folate might improve some of the mac uh, you know, macrocytic pictures, but you're not addressing the B12, so that neurological dysfunction is still going ahead. Okay. So it's really important to establish what is the, what is the underlying cause. Yes. And then, as, as, as we mentioned, you can also look at, uh, you know, looking at serum folate as well. Yes. Um, and you can also look at increased homocysteine as well. And the reason why you might have homocysteine, um, homocysteine might go up is that if you don't have enough B12, as, yep. a, as a way of distinguishing to, if you don't have enough B12, remember B12 passes its methyl group to homocysteine. Yes. So if homocysteines are up, yep. then B12 is not passing its groups on. Yes. So that can be a, another way of differentiating between the two as oh, well. Okay. So, yep. But yeah, like serum folate is probably the first thing you would do. Yeah. Um, that's really about it for, for folate. I mean, the main thing player here is B12 that we really need to watch out for because of neurological diseases. Yep. Can you, are you happy if we talk about normocytic anemia? So actually just before that, just quickly summarize, so macrocytic anemia, think mainly in terms of B12 and folate and then with B12 then we can delve a bit more into either macros, megaloblastic or pernicious, but yeah, so if yeah. any of that was still unclear, have a quick refresh and yeah. listen to it again. But yeah, so I think macrocytic anemias are quite simple, right? So just only B12 and folate, mm -hmm. think about that for now and then go. Keep it simple, yeah. yeah. Normocytic anemias, they are a fairly sizable topic by themselves, but mm. we'll just break it down to the general principles and then we'll go to further detail with them specifically. In a later, later episode, yeah. I think. So what exactly would cause a normocytic anemia? There's a couple of things that might cause it. So okay. obviously one is um, if you... Uh, so normocytic anemia is they just look normal, right? Okay. So, no, so normal color and normal size. I'm, I'm picturing that there isn't really a underlying cause that would affect it or either it's something that happened really quickly or yep. if it... Uh, there isn't something that's wrong with the synthesis of it. Yeah, is it? yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. To, to an extent. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, so the two broad causes, right? Okay. Um, so the main thing is if you have destruction of your red blood cells, and you know the common one that comes into mind is hemolysis, and we'll talk about hemolysis as in a different in a future podcast because it's really important. Yep. But hemolysis, so cell destruction occurs, yep. and hemolysis can be extravascular, so occurring outside of the vasculature. So that and is spleen. Yeah, spleen. Yep. Would be the cause. Or mm. intravascular, right? Yep. Yeah. And intravascular, there's you know autoimmune conditions that we can talk about that, that can bring that about. Yeah. Particularly with blood transfusion. So that's a big topic on its own. Yes. Um but what are some of the conditions that can lead to low um reticular sound reticular site count, you know, that might So you mentioned with normocytic anemias it could either be a destruction of the red blood cells which is why the... Uh, but on the other hand, the alternative would be that the red blood cells just aren't being produced. Mm. So there's a low reticulocyte, the precursor to erythrocytes, the yeah. red blood cells. I would think something like a um, aplastic anemia, yeah. or we could go into leukemias and other things like that. Yeah. The, they can all cause a decrease in production. And they're the most sinister causes yeah. um, that you really need to be aware of. And that's a whole topic by itself. So we can... Yeah. We just want to cover it for completeness, but don't worry, we're going to have a bit of a discussion about the details of it in a future episode. Yeah. 
I think that's all I wanted to talk about with about macrocytic anemia. Is there anything else that you want to add? Um, no, normal cytic anemias was we'll just touch yeah. on it, leave it at that because later on we'll go into more details such as I guess with G6PD as mm. well as other pyruvate kinase sickle cell anemias. Yep. They're all norm. They can be normal cytic to a certain extent, and um, well, they are huge topics by themselves. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it again. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll um, catch up with you in a future episode. listening to our Common Rounds podcast. You can find all of our episodes, notes, elective experiences, and much more content on our website. So come visit us at thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. And see you next time.